Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Um, I thought recruiting went well. I like this group of kids. I think they fit well with each other and, and with our team. Uh, roster spots and scholarships were in short supply, and uh, I think we managed that really well. I think it was difficult for our coaches to, <laughs> excuse me, to kind of piece this all together. But I think that our, our coaches did a nice job of that, and we. We did it as best we could, and, and I think it worked out well. Right now, uh, Eric just mentioned we were adding it up. We have 78 freshmen and sophomores on our roster. Uh, we don't need any more young guys. Uh, there's a chance before the season we could potentially add a couple of older guys, but we don't need any more young guys. Um, so with that, we're we're finished with our recruiting for the year we're on to next year's group because uh, recruiting really never ends and then uh, we're knee deep in, in uh, off season training and spring ball is right around the corner or winter ball is what it'll be when we start I think we're going to start on March 2nd is the plan right now so here we go go ahead Questions. Fire. Coach, because this was such an atypical year with all of these different rules, what were the biggest differences you noticed? Because I know that the first last couple times you guys wanted to get everything, almost everything done in December. How much different is it? And is that just a factor in that you, get, you guys signing 11 more today? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, um, I think it's, it's one of those deals where the things are in flux so much right now just in terms of roster management everywhere not just here maybe maybe less so here at the moment that could change at any, at any time too but uh, I think you just kind of have to go with the flow on all of this and I, I don't know that there's a better answer than that um, I do know that football coaches in general are kind of planners and organized and go with the flow is not anybody's real preferred way of operating, but I think you have to do a little of that. I don't think there's really any hard, fast template for how this is going to go recruiting-wise down the road. I, I don't know. wish I did. When it comes to, in particular, the transfers, when there's... You were on a highlight tape, Reigns. We were showing the recruits Was last I? weekend. Yeah. Nice. Um, Good. I'm assuming you worked at games, but you're just watching. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just get to hang out. So um, it's on the road too. Don't let your bosses see that. When it comes to right, I'm good. Go ahead. in particular the, the the transfers, when there's so many names, so many so many people out there, how do you, as a program, go about sifting through the thousands of names in, to find the few that you can bring in? Well, it's it's difficult, especially when you're talking in season we don't have big recruiting staff here you know we don't have any recruiting staff here really 
Um, so, you know, places with, with big budgets uh, that have large recruiting staffs within their football program have an advantage there. So that's, uh, it takes a lot of work. Um, generally speaking, though, in terms of the, the transfer piece of it, whether it's uh, JC or four-year transfer, we're going to have kind of a, a we're going to have some form of direct conduit to this kid, or we're not going to bring him in. So we're going to know people that know him, or we're going to have to be able to find people that know him really well. Or we're not going to bring him in. On that note, then, what is the key for transfers to acclimate to your football program? Um, well, I think we're always looking for the right fit. I mean. It's not about, yeah, everybody's different, right? But but everybody we recruit, as far as we can tell, are people that want to go to school, people that want to be part of a team, um, people that love, love the game, aren't afraid to be coached hard, um, have good work ethic. And those are, the, those are the personality traits we're looking for. So like any job in any company, you're trying to, find people that fit what you want personality-wise, that's what we're looking for. Obviously, with quarterback next year, you'll be looking at Phil Cam's spot, and with Lucas coming in, I'm wondering what led you to him, and what do you like about him to offer him and have him come to Missoula? Yeah, it's easy. Uh, I've known Lucas for a long time. He went to, uh, I recruited him out of high school. Uh, he actually had him committed to San Diego State. He left me at the altar to go to Georgia Tech. So I've, I've known him for a while. His high school is 10 minutes from, from our house. Um, he's a good guy. He's a good athlete. Um, he knows his family, knows mom, knows grandfather, cousins, all, all that. So um, he played really well at times last year, particularly the bowl game. And, you know, he's a good addition. We should have a great quarterback battle this, this spring and fall. Bobby, you said uh, kind of um, aside from maybe bringing a couple older guys that recruiting for the 2022 season is pretty much over for you guys. Is that typical in the past or in the past would you guys kind of still recruit heading into the spring and um, in the summer with, you know, not as many as freshmen and sophomores? No, that's pretty typical. Um, you know, as Coulter mentioned, we, we've been done it in December more often than not in the last few years. Um, but that's pretty Uh, the other transfers you guys brought in, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they would all be guys who'd be eligible to play immediately if there was not the one-time transfer rules. Is that just a coincidence, or is that part of your strategy or philosophy in bringing in transfers? Oh, yeah, I didn't even thought of it that way, Frank. I didn't, everybody's eligible everywhere every time now, so I don't really, not really think of it that way. Um, so, no, not by design. You mentioned knowing Lucas Johnson back, recruiting him out of high school. How have you seen him evolve as a player when you watch him on film from then till now? And just how do you describe what he brings to the quarterback position? Well, you know, I went to Georgia Tech and was kind of sold on the fact that they were going to try to throw a little bit more, and that wasn't the way it went. Um, so, and then San Diego State's a, 
little bit more of a run-oriented offense. So, you know, I think he's still got some evolving to do in the, in the throwing game in particular. He's a smart guy, so he'll figure that out. But um, he's not played in our style offense yet. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. I know you always like to recruit Montana guys. There was a distinctly Western Montana flavor to the first. But I want to ask you about the two Missoula guys, Drew Klumpf and, and uh, Ian Finch. Both walk-on guys, but it seems like they both have a, a lot of potential and uh, seems like they kind of blossomed during their senior years. Yeah. No one lives in Eastern Montana. Well, right. <laughs> deserted. A few outposts, including the one I grew up in. Um, th- those guys are uh, they're good athletes. Three sport guys. Drew is a the kid is a state track and field champion. I don't even know what he's going to play, but he he likes to play and he's a good athlete. He can run, so he'll find a home. Um, Ian's a little more defined that he's going wide receiver for us, and uh, he really they both showed up in our camp last year. They were both good. Um, Ian goes up and gets every ball. Got a real knack for winning on the so-called 50-50 balls, um, and you know you mentioned they're both walk-ons. There's numerous kids in this class, that, including those two, that in a normal year where you get a normal allotment of scholarships, probably are scholarship guys. So you know, again, we don't really even think of it that way. It's just guys are getting in the door. The, the line's a thousand long to try to walk on here. Hey, you mentioned Klump, his, his track uh, prowess. 300 hurdles, I mean, it seems to me that that's a pretty mentally tough, mentally straining event. So, I mean, do you like that? Do you look for guys that do even some of those uh, over-the-top mental challenge type events? Yeah, a bunch of these guys in this class are track guys. Yeah. Um, Gilman and Genitone and others, um, but Drew, he's he's good in both hurdles. He's got good times. I think he'll run fast this spring, well faster than he did a year ago, if if he can get some weather training. Um, but but you know I, we like hurdlers, hurdlers, you know, triple jumpers, pole vaulters. Those guys tend to be pretty athletic, good hips, open them up. I was just curious your thoughts on the obviously the indoor crack facility moving along with the funding. Just curious your thoughts on specifics of how you see it benefiting the football program and different types of things you guys are going to be able to use it for going forward. Yeah, I think it's a needed addition. Um, the fact that you know we couldn't do much outside today if this were the case. Um, you know, we had a big playoff game against Eastern Washington. We couldn't practice because 
snow was six inches deep on the field and still coming. Um, the off-season program, all those things. It's a much needed addition. Um, probably should have had one a long time ago here. You know, the, the Dakota schools have had indoor venues, Idaho, Idaho State, NAU, all snow places. Um, I've had those things, and it'll be a, a great benefit to our athletes to be able to do it. And then, you know, to even talk about that thing, our people are so generous, we can't thank our donors enough. I mean, I just, I mean, we just went out and raised that money this last year. And there were a couple of big donors, but um, and that was just like, let's do this, and our people are unbelievably generous. Um, they choose to support Grizzly athletics and Grizzly football, and uh, we're grateful to them. You mentioned the Dakota schools. What's what's it going to take for Montana to catch a program like North Dakota, and how much does the indoor practice facility how long that path? Did you say North Dakota? North Dakota State. Okay, sorry. Um, well, you know, it's all just talks cheap till somebody beats them. You know, so. It's going to take recruiting. Uh, it's going to take great effort from players and coaches, and you know, hopefully, we get to play. And with that indoor facility moving along, what's the next big thing you want to see for the football program? Is it full cost of attendance scholarships, or is it is there something else? Um, uh, kind sure. of moving beyond all that too. I mean, the name, image, and likeness piece will take care of all that. We gotta. We'll keep evolving in a lot of a lot of ways. Yeah. Just keeping along with that indoor practice facility. You mentioned the donors. Just talk about the recruiting aspect of this. Great fan base. People willing to go above and beyond. That's got to be from a coaching standpoint. It's got to be a nice recruiting tool. Yeah, it'll, I I think it'll help. Uh, I'm more into the functional aspect of it than recruiting. Um, yeah. Necessarily think we're going to recruit a bunch of guys that just want to play inside here, we're going to go someplace else. But um, from a training standpoint, it'll be huge for us, particularly this time of year. Um, and then you know, if we if we get good enough to to play in January, we're going to have to have some place to practice because we historically we get to late December and, and then beyond that. We don't get very good preparation for the game, so that'll that'll be a big deal for us. Uh, with the fall season back, Bobby, and now you're heading into you know the winter and the spring. Would you guys weigh you know playing a non or playing another opponent in the spring like you guys did last year? Is that something you would you guys are considering right now, looking at doing? Uh, well, that'd be a hypothetical question because that's not legal. That's not what? Sorry, legal. Sorry, NCAA <laughs> one. Gotcha. Um, so I think I guess kind of going forward, what's kind of the, you know the timeline and schedule for this program as you guys kind of move forward and you know get ready for the spring and ultimately summer and all that. Yeah, the the timeline is weightlifting, conditioning, um, March second spring ball. We get 15 spring practice days. We'll be done. The spring game is in Hamilton on the evening of April 8th. Right, tapes. Friday night lights in Hamilton. Then we'll get into a speed training segment and a spring recruiting segment, and then uh, the guys will be back at the end of end of May for summer training and, and 
headsets on. So time goes fast. Before you know, we'll be back out there and talking about the upcoming season. Got time for a couple more. Uh, Coach, with regards to some of the, the transfers, obviously not a coincidence that <clears throat> you graduated some guys at starters and then a lot of those guys were those positions. Um, with Hunter's brother coming in, um, what do you what do you see from him? What do you like about him? And is he going to be a, a tackle, guard? Where do you see him fitting in on the line? Well, I think we'll probably Dylan McGinnis, who we're talking about. Um, I think we'll probably flam a couple spots, uh, maybe tackle initially. He, you know, we had to work really hard to get Hunter here, and uh, he had a lot of offers, a lot of chances, to a lot of places. Decided this was the best place for him, and then Dylan, when he had decided he was going to find a new school, it was this is where he wanted to come. I mean, I mean, he went to a bunch of games last year. I think he fits in well. So we'll see what kind of spring he has. Uh, what about Sawyer at wide receiver? What, what you like about him? Um, Sawyer's a good player. We knew all about him in high school. Uh, I think he knew quite a lot about us, as, as did Dylan. Um, Sawyer's a, a good athlete. can play a lot of positions. Um, you know, he, he played against us in the opener at, in Seattle last year. Uh, I'm glad he liked I think I think he liked what he saw on the other sideline, and I'm glad he's here. One more. Coach, I want to ask you about Vince Genitone. Uh, I there was a guy in school, when I went to school here with that, that last name. Is there a connection to Missoula? And also, though, I also know somebody that watched him at the Nebraska individual camp and said he's an absolute freak of an athlete. So, what did you like about him as a prospect? But does he, does he also have a connection to Missoula? Yeah, Vin, Vince has some Montana roots, um, mostly in the, in the Billings, the Hardin area. Mm-hmm. But he's got an aunt and uncle in Post Falls as well. So. <clears throat> um, Grandfather, all that are Montana guys to to a degree, but Vince is a he's a unique guy. He's a state champion wrestler and he ran ten eight seven I think was his best time last year in the hundred meters. You have a lot of state wrestling champs that run ten eight something. Um, his his hundred meter time would have won the state meet here by almost uh, two tenths. I think it was nineteen hundreds. So. He can run fast. Uh, he's an aggressive guy. He's a good running back. Um, we probably see him on the defensive side, but he, he's a versatile guy. And you know, I think he's he's favored to win the state wrestling championship again this year at two tens. Thanks, everybody. Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.